I'm Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now, I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So, let's talk paper scissors. Continuing our discussions of big emotions in creative living, today I am joined by entrepreneur Jamie Roberts of Rock That Creative Job. I first connected with Jamie when she saw my colorful outfits online and felt that we were kindred spirits. She too is expressive and has the desire to create, but also to help others in their creative work. I'm so glad I got the chance to meet Jamie and also sit down to have this conversation that you're about to hear today, all about how she helps support creative people in various stages of their journeys. We take a deep dive into imposter syndrome, and Jamie shares an assessment that she's created to help individuals align themselves in the right environments that will enable them to thrive. We discuss the magic of low stakes opportunities, practicing and getting comfortable with failure in the process. She speaks about moving yourself forward, iterating and innovating, and the only way to make that happen is through doing. Jamie provides sound advice for selling oneself in an authentic way, even if you loathe self-promotion. Hint, know your audience. Finally, Jamie offers some excellent advice to recent graduates about how to differentiate themselves in a competitive hiring landscape, including doubling down on your personal story so that you're a memorable candidate for the job. Let's get into it. Who is Jamie Roberts in a nutshell? Oh my gosh. Well, Jamie Roberts is a complex being. No, actually not very complex. Um, I actually knew I wanted to do something creative from, you know, the moment I could hold a crayon. And, you know, I feel like I, that was my life's purpose. I mean, right from preschool, you know, when I got the positive reinforcement of like, oh, your drawings are so great. Look at you. And, and so I feel like I, I really tried to focus my life around that. Um, but there came a time where I was more excited about helping others achieve their goals than achieving my own goals. And that kind of brings us to where we are today. Um, so professionally, I started my career as a graphic designer 20 years ago. Um, and, you know, I took that journey about as far as I wanted to, um, I moved through multiple roles and um, moved through, you know, senior lead designer, art director, creative director, senior creative director, and then head of a creative department. Um, and then in, you know, in throughout that time, I really enjoyed mentoring and helping my team, helping other teams, helping creatives who had worked for me in the past move forward with their careers and just really give people that sense of um, support that, 
you know, I know they needed because that was something I could never find throughout my career is, is someone who really understood what I was going through and could give me the right advice, especially during, you know, different transition points um, in your career. I, I experienced layoffs. I experienced acquisitions. I experienced promotions, right? All different types of transitions. And I never was able to get that support. Um, it always felt like the advice was a little off, a little to the left of where it should be, uh, a little generic because our, our profession is so different. And so um, when 2020 happened and you know the, the world of creative was mostly laid off or furloughed, I, um, I had to personally lay off um, half of my team and then you know I got furloughed. And so it, it just occurred to me that I think I can actually be more helpful as someone who provides that guidance, support, advice for creatives than someone who leads them. And so I kind of took off on this journey toward my my current venture, which is Wreck That Creative Job. And, you know, my goal is to really provide as many creatives as possible with the learnings I took away and the advice and the guidance that, you know, I, I was able to kind of DIY through my career and, you know, the, the mistakes I made and everything I learned from that and, and the, the things that worked and the ways I found success and the ways I was able to move from job to job and, and be successful and get promoted. And I wanted to really find a way to share that with people because I felt like there were so many people that were just lost and, and kind of struggling, you know, and creative is it's, it's something that is, you know, for me, it's inside you. And it's like, you have to produce, you have to do something creative. And if you can do that for a living, awesome, you know, because you feel like, wow, this is like my purpose. And so, yeah, so I, I kind of moved from that being my true purpose to, you know, being able to help others. And I, it's been just so rewarding to be able to help people that are struggling move through these roadblocks um, because, you know, as you know, we have a lot of hurdles to get over as a, as you know, an, an industry and individuals and just the self-promotion is, is a lot of work. So, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of who I am. That's my journey. And, you know, it's been, it's been really amazing so far and it's, it's still fairly new. Um, but yeah, I just, I really, really, I feel like this is, this is what I'm kind of called to do. And I, I just, it's like that high you get when you figure out like a creative problem solving thing that you've been working at or figure out a design or figure out, you know, some sort of visual challenge. It's the same feeling I get when I I'm helping creatives overcome some of these roadblocks. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been amazing. Taking lemons and making lemonade to share with the neighborhood. Yes. 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 I love That's that. Totally it. I lo- That's totally, it's like drawing lemons. And then, <laughs> and then bringing them to life and then sharing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Making lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been really awesome. Excellent. And I just want to ask you a little bit more about your, your kind of new venture, which is rock that creative job. And you mentioned a little bit about how it got started and, and how yeah. it kind of launched, but how specifically do you help people in their creative career journey in what you do now? Yeah, I so I have a lot of different um, ways to support people, and and what I really recognized early on was everyone comes in at a different point in their journey. Some people are really struggling with you know just getting the 
getting themselves together, overcoming that hurdle of like, I, I don't have a portfolio that's, that's even anywhere near um, relevant or recent and people will stay in terrible jobs. They'll stay in toxic jobs. They'll stay places that they, they don't belong, that they need to move out on from because they don't have those, those tools set up to promote themselves. And so really the crux of what I do is helping people helping creatives who really aren't interested in selling themselves and promoting themselves, help making it easy for them, making it stress-free, helping them make those decisions. So I do everything from, you know, reviewing, um, helping you go through your resume and make sure that it's reflecting all of the things that make you amazing, right? That you're not underselling yourself, that you're you're also using all of the keywords and, and you know, all of those things that we have to think about now. Um, I do, I work with people on portfolios. Uh, I work with, you know, designers that have live portfolios and they have too much work and they want to make kind of the difficult decisions. They don't really know how to use that as a tool to sell them sell their, their experience and skills. Um, and I work with people who don't have live portfolios where they will, you know, send me a Dropbox link and we will go through the work and, and, and talk about where you want to go and what reflects that journey, you know, what, what, what work you have that reflects your future. And so it's, it's all of these, all of the sort of stumbling blocks. Um, I also help a lot of creatives with mindset, um, because that is a big piece of, you know, being able to move forward as a, as a creative professional and, and putting yourself out there, you have to kind of be in the right headspace because it can be deflating. Rejection is hard, right? You're putting your ideas out there for people to, you know, have their, share their opinions. And sometimes they're very uninformed opinions. And so you want to make sure that, you know, you have that right mindset. You can get through those things, those roadblocks in your everyday life. Um, I also help people with interviews, you know, articulating what you do, talking about your work, telling someone why you're amazing is that's hard. That's hard for a lot of designers. Um, we're highly visual people. We're not necessarily verbal. Right. And so a lot of times people feel like the, you know, their, their greatness should just rest in the visual. And it really, it really can't, it really, you have to articulate your value. You have to explain to someone why you're amazing for a specific role or project. Um, so I help people kind of work through that, um, you know, interview prep. So it's, it's kind of any point that someone needs that support. And these are all things I could never find um, when I was, you know, uh, in my various creative roles, it was always kind of generic advice. And so I feel like, because I've been there, I can provide that specific experience. Like I I've been in your shoes. I know exactly what you're struggling with. I've been there. And so I can help you find a way out because I was able to find a way out and, you know, just creating these, you know, conversation strategies, interview strategies, you know, everything is a strategy, your portfolio, the way you approach your cover letter, your resume, it's all a strategy to tell, sell yourself. And so making sure that people recognize, yes, I'm, I'm putting the best version of myself forward. That's going to help them move into the next role that they want, the next project, land the next client, whatever it is that they're looking to do. Um, so yeah, it's been amazing. And I work one-on-one -on -one with people. I have a lot of, um, videos online that are free on my website, rockthatcreativejob.com. Um, I do a lot of articles I'm doing, you know, awesome things like this, where I can talk to other creatives about, about this, about what I do. Um, 
And yeah, it's, I'm just trying to provide as many resources. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I do a lot of postings, you know, just answering people's questions. Um, just, you know, just want to, I want to kind of be out there and I want to be the resource for people who are struggling or are ready to move on. And you don't have to necessarily be completely, you know, deflated and exhausted and totally struggling to work with me. It's, it's really, you know, some people are just like, you know, I kind of feel like I need to move up or I feel like I'm, I need a new challenge or, you know, this job is great and the people are nice, but I don't feel like the compensation makes sense with where I'm at, or, you know, I'm not being utilized. My brain isn't being challenged. And so it's like, okay, well, let's figure out how to get you to move forward. So um, these were a lot of the things that I, you know, dealt with. And so I, I fully understand what, where someone is coming from um, when we speak almost immediately, because I, I can guarantee you, I've, I've been in your shoes. I've worked in agencies. I've worked in-house. I've worked for nonprofits, big companies, small companies. You know, it's, it's uh, I've had to pitch to, you know, C-suite executives. I've had to pitch to clients. I mean, it's, I've been all in all of these <clears throat> scenarios. And so when we talk about something, it's, it feels really great to be able to say, yes, oh, I, I totally understand where you're at and this is what happens. And this is probably how you felt. And like, here's how we can, here's, here's a way to get around that. Let's, you know, talk about the strategy for moving you through this. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. Creative living involves such big emotions and that's kind of what this series is all about big emotions in in creative living and i you touched on this a little bit in, in what you just said but i was wondering if you can help listeners kind of better understand how to think about and hopefully overcome or at least live with the idea of something like imposter syndrome yes oh my gosh that's such a big one Oh, imposter syndrome is tough. And, you know, everyone feels it at every stage. I think that's the first thing to recognize is there's no one that doesn't come up against this at some point in their career. And it's, it's all levels. It's not just when you start out. I feel like I get a lot of, you know, um, newly graduated designers that feel like, I don't know if I'm, I'm good enough to be in the world. And I get people who are, you know, 20 years into their career feeling like, I don't know if I'm a great creative leader. Right. So, so you have to recognize that it, it does happen and it's very normal and it doesn't mean that you're a phony <laughs> or a fraud. It's just where your mind goes to make sure that you're playing it safe, right. To fi finding that safe space of like, okay, I don't know, this is a challenge. This is a little scary. Let's kind of recede. It's that's just, that's just how our, our brains work. Um, but the one tool that I have actually um, developed to help people get around this is um, something I'm calling career creative career compass. And what this is is it's essentially when you when you know how you work as a creative, when you really have dug into how you actually work in your day to day, how you generate ideas, how you work with people, how you you know how committed you are, how curious you are. Um, and, and how you express that, you have a better sense of what environments are right for you. You have a better sense of what work is right for you, what lights you up. And you're, you go towards the things that actually, you know, you can achieve success in. And so I've developed this um, assessment, we'll call it. Um, but really what it is, is it's a, I essentially <clears throat> throughout my career, I 
I really, I'm someone who, you know, loves to study human behavior, loves to study psychology, loves to watch people interact with one another. And, you know, a lot of what I spent my, my creative career doing was figuring out the dynamics between people. So teams, clients, executives, right? All of these different interfaces that you have where you're talking to someone, you're trying to sell ideas, you're trying to collaborate. And I created this sort of informal process for myself when I would interview creatives. And what I would do is kind of, I figured out that there are five core traits that every creative possesses. And those are really critical um, in, in every role. And all creatives possess these traits, but it's not about the trait, it's how they're expressed. So the traits are adaptability, curiosity, agility, confidence, and commitment. Those are the things that all creatives have, but how we express them is so different. And that is kind of the root of where imposter syndrome comes from, in my opinion, because what I've seen is someone who is, you know, say, let's take adaptability. So there's a spectrum. You're responsively adaptable or you're deliberatively adaptable. And those are two very different things. Creatives, especially designers, you have to be adaptable in in, in a creative environment, in a professional creative environment, right? Things are always changing. Clients are always making revisions. People are always adjusting the brief. Whatever it is that happens, you have to be adaptable. Um, How you do that is critical to getting the work done in a successful manner. So if you are very responsive, if you're, you're obviously you are going to be adaptable, but if you're responsive, that means you're moving fast, right? You're responding to the demands of the moment very quickly. You're able to ideate and brainstorm, you know, in, in the moment with a client, with a stakeholder, with your manager, with other team members, and you're ready to go. You're ready to figure out the ideas, figure out the process, figure out how to change things. If you're deliberative, you need to get all the information, process it, and come back. If you are in a team where everyone's responsive and you're deliberative, that is uncomfortable. If you're in a team where everyone's deliberative and you're responsive, that's uncomfortable because it's it the, the way you work doesn't fit with the team. And you start to feel like, maybe I'm not a great you know, designer, because I'm not able to come up with these ideas in the moment, or maybe I'm not a thoughtful designer because everyone seems to go away and work on this and then come back. And I kind of just want to figure it out now, you know, like that's how my brain works. So really a lot of what the imposter syndrome, a lot of where that creeps in is, is not knowing how you work. And once I've, you know, I've been able to sort of identify these traits within my own teams that I manage within other teams that, you know, my counterparts have managed. It's like, oh, I can see exactly where someone is struggling. And it's because of their work styles, because how they work doesn't align with the environment that they're in. So knowing this is how I process, this is how I work. You can do a couple of things. You can verbalize how you are, you know, what, what the best style is for you. You can say, you can articulate you know, that you need time, that you want to figure this out, but you need time. Um, Or you can talk to your other teammates or managers about, okay, how do you, do you like to do this? Because this is how I like to do this. And getting it out there makes you feel more stable. You feel more at home with, with yourself as a creative person, and you have less of those doubts, right? And so 
as those doubts sort of disappear, you, you go, you don't have that imposter syndrome creep in as much. It's always going to be there, especially when you're, you know, if you're taking on a new challenge, you're, you know, you're raising the bar, you're moving into a new role, you're expanding your role. You're always going to feel like, oh my gosh, can I do this? But at your core, if you understand how you've expressed these core traits, how you actually work, you're not going to doubt yourself as much. And that's what I found. That's what I found with myself, with people that I, you know, am, am friends with who are other designers, other design leaders, with my teams. Once we can identify, you know, how you work, you feel so much more confident in what you do because you're able to say, oh, actually this works for me, or, oh, this is how I need to work. And especially when you're interviewing for jobs, you can ask the right questions to help you avoid getting into a toxic situation or a situation that is not going to work for you. Um, because a lot of people feel that imposter syndrome when they're just in the wrong environment. You know, if you're in a fast paced environment and you're not someone who likes to be, you know, in the front leading and being the person pitching to the client. And, you know, you kind of just want to be the idea person behind the scenes. You feel very uncomfortable with that sort of front row kind of placement it's likely that that's not going to work for you. And you're going to feel inept and you're going to feel like, oh, well, all these other people can do this. Why can't I do this? It's just not how you work. And it's not to say that you can't, you know, move yourself into that. But I think knowing at your core, what you need to innovate, to ideate, to create your work, that's, that is the, that's the essence of, you know, knowing yourself and having that confidence and being able to remove the imposter syndrome. Cause it is, it is tough, but it's, it's, you know, once you do that deeper dive, you realize, oh yeah, okay. I just do this differently. We all do this. We're all skilled. I just work a little differently than this person. And you can also start to recognize other people and how they work. So you can kind of have that conversation with them, you know, maybe in the middle of a project, maybe in the, you know, advanced stages of a project. Um, but it's really helpful just to kind of know yourself because it, it, it does help you with the imposter syndrome. Your brain doesn't want to go there anymore once it's, it's clear on how you do your work. Yeah. And I, I, there's two things there that I scribbled down beside me, which is the self-awareness piece, obviously, kind of, which is what you just uh, explained, understanding how you work and understanding how you work best because we can all work under most circumstances, but it's understanding kind of your own process and, and how um, to get your best self to work every day. But then also that clear communication piece. So uh, communicating to others, hey, this is how I like to work. How do you like to work? Or this is how I like to work. Can this be done this specific way in order to meet X deadline or X expectation or what have you. So it's it's kind of that double pronged approach where it's the self awareness, but also then the clear communication once you are aware of how you work best. Right, and that's that's essentially kind of why I <clears throat> named this creative career compass because it is it's directional, right? It's not the personality test where you're like, oh, these are my strengths and this is what I know, or this is like the type of person I am, or this is you know, like I gravitate towards this instead of this, this actually helps you figure out what environment you should be in, how you should talk with other people, you know, what should come out of it. So you can, so, you know, you're going to do your best work, right? It is, it's something that's a tool um, for creatives. So they know that they're able to be successful 
you know, is the highest percentage of the time possible, right? So they're very clear on what needs to happen. If something doesn't work for them, they're very clear on if they need to, you know, maybe move away from it, from an environment that doesn't actually work for them. I think people struggle a lot in environments that are not conducive to amazing work for that particular person. And they feel like, well, I'm just not a great designer. I'm just not a great creative. And that's, that's not what it is. It's the environment is, is wrong for you. And I I've coached a lot of people who, you know, they usually come to me when their job has gotten toxic, it's gotten intolerable. Um, they're struggling to get out of it. And, you know, they're telling me these stories about, you know, their experiences with their manager, with their team. And it's like, immediately I can sense this is not, this is not the right environment for you because you, I can tell that you are this type of a thinker, or this is your process. And the process of the organization doesn't really fit how you're able to work and you feel panicked and you feel, you know, undervalued and being able to know how you work, you can either communicate to your team that, you know, this is, this is actually what I need. And like you said, can this work? Or you just know, okay, you know what? I, I don't think I should struggle here anymore because this actually doesn't work for me at all. And I just need to find an environment that does. So it's, it helps you make career decisions. Um, and in addition to, you know, having that, the ability to communicate, but again, like the whole imposter syndrome component, it really does. It gets your brain away from that. You're now thinking of how to solve for this instead of just sort of spiraling down into that hole of like, oh my God, I think I suck, <laughs> you know? Right. That rumination piece, it's just kind of floating around and, and marinating and it's, it's, yeah, as you say, spiraling. And, and I've been doing uh, some work in the world of creative confidence as well and imposter syndrome and all of these big important topics um, for both my students and just, I mean, for, for me as kind of a an interest um, professionally to explore these things. And one thing that I heard once, which I love, is kind of this idea of reframing imposter syndrome. So it's not that we do not belong, but it is that we are deeply caring creatives who want to do a good job. And that is where the imposter syndrome is rooted. And I I love that reframing or that approach or that way of thinking about it, because all of a sudden it takes away the idea that we are not good enough, that we are not worthy, that we are not enough. And it replaces it with, we just really care. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that's very accurate as well. I, I, I've, you know, in every role that I've had as a creative leader, I've always been the very vocal advocate for my teams with other teams to try and explain this is creatives are you're you're putting yourself out there. You're putting your heart and soul into this work mm-hmm. and, and to put it on display and talk about it and put it out there for, you know, opinion-based edits and suggestions and changes and comments and questions. That is so hard. And to do that on a daily basis, when you feel like it's part of you, I mean, that that takes its toll, right? And I, I think that, that there, there's a buildup there that happens because you are being vulnerable every single day. And, it, you know, the people in finance and operations and, you know, business strategy, they're not as vulnerable as us. No one is as invested in their Excel spreadsheet as we are in our creative work. <laughs> and it's just, that's not how it works. And so, you know, in, in all of my roles, that's what I 
recognized as being this pattern for myself, trying to explain, this is how creatives work. This is what they need. This is where, you know, we, we need to go with this team to get the best work. Um, and not everyone understands that because it, it is a very specific thing for creatives. You're just, you're so emotionally invested. And then when someone says they don't like something or we need to change it or, oh, that's not what I was thinking or, you know, whatever it is, my, you know, my wife's brother who, you know, doesn't have anything to do with creative thought that the font should be different. Whatever the, the comment is, you feel like, oh my gosh, like, should I have seen that? I don't know. Like, because you'd want, you want to do such a great job. You want it to be perfect, right? Your, your goal is to make something that everyone loves, that you love, that the world loves, that is really brilliant and interesting and pushing the boundaries and, you know, you're committed to that. And when that doesn't happen, it's, it's hard to detach yourself from it emotionally. Right. It's hard to just say, oh, well, you know, I mean, I did 20 of those logos and that, you know, no one liked any of them. So I'll just move on. It's, that's not, (laughs) it works for us. You know, it's, it's, you put everything you had into that. And so I, I, that really, that reframing is really interesting. It does make a lot of sense. There's yeah, there's so much there, and even in what you just said, and in terms of every piece of work that we do, it's almost like we're giving away a little piece of ourselves, and we have all of these little pieces that are floating around. And I think one of the things uh, for me, and I, I am interested to know your thoughts as well, but one of the things that I think helps overcome imposter syndrome or helps an individual become more creatively confident is this kind of low stakes opportunity. Basically, quantity equals quality over time because you're practicing, but also Uh just by giving yourself an opportunity to try and try again. Some are going to be good. Some are going to be garbage. But it's just like with quantity comes confidence, comes voice, comes uh, this kind of uh, trying of new ideas and melding of new ideas. And this is where I think a lot of the creative confidence work the magic happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's like anything, right? It's like the more you practice and the more you fail, the the easier the failure is going to be, right? So it's, you know, as you do things and you put it out there, it's like, okay, that didn't work. Okay. That didn't work. It's not this enormous, you know, weight every single time. And I, you know, when I, when I work with people and I talk to them about um, interviewing And, you know, what are you going to say? What's your conversation strategy? Let's go over that. Let's practice, right? You, you need to be practiced. It's just like pitching to a client. You need to know what you're going to say, how you're going to answer questions, because it's going to take that anxiety away. So as you're practicing, no matter what you're practicing, right, you're, you're slowly building up your confidence that, yeah, okay, well, that wasn't great, but, you know, I feel like I'm going to adjust on the next question, or maybe I didn't answer that, like fully articulate what I wanted, but the next time I'm going to adjust it, I'm going to, you know, add to it. You're able to be more flexible. And I do think that, you know, coming to a creative um, project that way and knowing like, okay, we're going to start out and we're just going to get ideas out and we're going to see where they go. And as opposed to expecting perfection, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's where, you know, that confidence when you're like, ah, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. And you get in 
what I like to call the hamster wheel, because you're working and working and working, but you're not going anywhere new. And I always talk to my clients about this. Don't get in the hamster wheel with your work. Don't, you know, it, it is about iteration. It is about innovation. It's about moving yourself forward through doing, and you don't want to just be stuck on the same thing because then you're putting, you're also, you know, as that thing is spiraling, it's, you know, all the emotions are attaching to it and it's kind of a snowball. <laughs> so, you know, just realizing that like, okay, you, you need to do it and you need to move on and then improve through that process. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I do think the, the idea of just like practicing, I mean, practice it's in, in every industry, right? Like you wouldn't perform something in front of an audience. If you didn't practice it, you wouldn't run a race. If you didn't practice it, you, you know, it's the same thing for creative. Like you just, you have to get in there and practice it and you have to practice selling yourself too, because it, you can be an amazing creative person, but if you're not able to share that and articulate that, and convince people that there is value in what you do, it's it's going to be hard for you to get the roles and get into the positions that you want because people are waiting for you to convince them. And, you know, you don't want them to draw their own conclusions because they might not be the conclusions that you wanted to come out of that conversation. So, you know, practicing that too, it also helps you feel good about yourself, feel confident and know what you're actually putting forward in the world and feel like, yeah, I am great at this. And I'm, I'm excited to tell someone that I really enjoy it and that I really want to help them. I completely agree that self-promotion is such an important part of this that, that does need to be practiced. But I mean, I have to ask you, like, what advice would you give to creative people who hate the self-promotion part of the job? So, I mean, what if someone just wants to create without having to share their work, their I don't know, their processes, kind of their everyday lives with the world. I, I know there's a lot of folks out there who are either introverted, maybe they're not tech savvy, maybe they have no interest in business strategy, or they're, maybe they're just private people who don't want to share necessarily. But how do they sell themselves in a way that feels authentic? So there are a couple of tricks. And I, you know, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I started this business, because I know that most creatives hate this. They do not want to be the person selling themselves. They they want to put their work in the world and they want to have that speak for them. Um, but the truth is that, you know, to move forward in a professional career or to gain additional clients, if you're a freelancer, you need to do some selling. And really what it comes down to is knowing your audience. Just knowing your audience, knowing what your audience wants to hear. And as, you know, as designers, this is what we do in our jobs, right? We're, we need to, if we're developing something and it's what we do, we're, we're creating these communication tools. We're promoting something, a product, a service, you know, an organization, whatever we're promoting, we need to know the audience that's looking at it. And we need to think about how they're going to view that. We need to do that for ourselves in our personal brands, right? And I think people forget that when they start to talk about their personal work and they start to talk about, you know, who they are and how they can contribute. There I've seen amazing amazing, you know, work be pitched in client meetings by the same designer who can't later tell you why they would be great for a promotion or why they deserve, you know, a bonus or why they should move into a leadership role. Or it's like they, they cannot articulate that for themselves. But if they, if you know your audience, you know what that person wants to hear from you. And so it's going to feel less like a forced 
thing and more about, okay, so this person, it's more of a strategy. This person wants to know, they obviously are interested in having me do this type of thing, this type of work. And so what, what will make them understand that I'm great for that? It's more of a like sort of logical approach um, because I think people think selling is this you know highly emotional thing. And it's really, it doesn't need to be. It can be totally authentic. You're just sharing the information about yourself that helps someone make a decision and helps them understand that you can help them or you can assist them or you can provide the resources that they need. You're sharing that. You, The idea of selling, I think people, especially creatives, People shy away from it because it feels, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell you on something that sounds like you're coercing, right? You're trying to convince them to do something that they don't want to do. And that, you know, your, your, your language is coercive and you're, you're not allowing them to make their own decisions. That's really not what it is. What it is, is helping them understand what you have to offer and how that affects what they need and putting those two things together. Right. And you want to always be drawing those connections between the two for that person. But to do that, you have to know what your audience wants to hear. So what's important to them, just finding that out, it, then it becomes more logical. It doesn't, it doesn't feel sleazy. It doesn't feel like you're just throwing anything out there that may stick. You know, I don't know, what do I need to say about myself? How do I need to talk about this thing that I'm doing? It's really more, what is the audience? What is their interest? What would they, you know, like best benefit from? And then sharing that with them. And it's like, it's, it's just an easy, easy conversation that way. If you don't think like, oh, I need to sell because that's kind of a loaded word. Right. And especially for us where, uh, you know, there's, I work with a lot of people who are very, very introverted and they're like, no, I don't ever want to pitch to a client. I want to be the person behind the scenes, you know, doing the work. But the thing is to get to that, that role in an agency, in in-house, you do have to sell yourself. You have to sell yourself to the person that's going to hire you. So then you can do that role and, you know, you can be the deliver- deliberative, adaptable person, right? You can, you can be the behind the scenes person that's doing the amazing creative, coming up with awesome ideas and, but you have to get to that point. So there is a need for it. And, you know, I, experienced so many talented creatives as, as when I was hiring, you know, I spent 15 years as a hiring manager. I, I kind of moved up to a leadership role fairly early in my career. Didn't really know what I was doing. Just kind of had to figure it out. You know, how do I hire someone? How do I interview someone? How does this work? And, you know, throughout the years I realized, okay, there are people who are great at articulating their value and and demonstrating it in interviews. And there are people who are terrible at it. And what's, what made me really sad was the people who are terrible are often very, very talented. And, you know, it, it just made me feel like, wow, you should absolutely have this job. You should have a job. You shouldn't be struggling. You should, your work is incredible. Your thought process is you know, just beyond anything we, we can do here in this organization. Why are you struggling with telling me this? And I think it's because there's that emotional block of like, oh, I have to sell it. And I, I'm not a salesperson. But if, you know, that person came in and had researched the company and said, okay, I know this is important to you. I want to show you these types of projects in my portfolio, because I feel like they reflect the type of work you do here. And, you know, I've done a lot of that and um, I feel like it's been very successful. And I, I just, I would like to share that with you. 
that's very easy. And that's selling, right? That's, that's selling. And so just knowing that selling doesn't have to be like, Hey, how much is it going to take to get you into this used car? Or like, you know, do you want to buy like the extended warranty on this thing that you'll never, you know, it's, it's not about trying to add things on and get as much out of someone as possible. It's about telling them how you can help them. And that, that is the, that's the essence of, of selling. And we as a society have turned it into something way more sleazy because there are people who do take advantage of you. But if you're a creative person, you're, you're trying to just, you're trying to help people. You're trying to take your perfect product and get someone to use it so that they can further their business goals, you know, and, and that's, and you, you can support them. And that's really what we all want to do, you know, as creatives. So and just, you know, reframing, like we're talking about reframing, we're reframing sort of selling, right? It's audience focused, audience first, and just logically explaining how you can help that person with their goals. Right. And you don't have to say everything, but you just have to say the things that matter most. And I think that's, yeah. that's uh, in essence, um, kind of part of the ethos of what you just said there. And it it absolutely resonates. And I think even uh, for everybody, I think that's a good reminder that it's not that you have to have all the answers. It's not that you have to have all of the information. It's not that you have to kind of take everything you've ever done and <laughs> squish it down into this pitch, this this kind of uh, coercion thing, right? It's just about saying what needs to be said in the moment, having done some research about your audience. And I, I think another way, I, I was in sales for a few years and I went through some fairly extensive sales training, which I was very felt fortunate certainly to experience. And one of the the biggest takeaways that, that still sticks with me to this day is the idea of educating the client. We're not selling the client. We're not trying to coerce them. We're not trying to manipulate them into buying our product. We are going out into the world. We are seeking organizations that align with what we do. We are then contacting them and educating them about what we do and what we can offer them and the value we can provide. And they make the decision. It's not a coercion. It's we give the information and we let them uh, we let them make that final decision, of course. But it's, yeah, it's not this used car salesman-esque vision that I think so many of us have when we think of selling. It's this this education piece. Yes. Yes. That's a great way of putting it. I mean, and it is, it's, it's you know, as as a hiring manager, it was like, every time I went into an interview with someone, I was I was hoping that they would tell me, all the ways that they could help us, right? I was hoping that they would tell me and show me all the things that were relevant to the, the job I needed them to do. And, you know, you don't want to have to spend time trying to figure that out. It's like, please just tell me you're the awesome candidate we've been looking for. Like we, we hope you're the one. No one goes into a job interview as a hiring manager thinking, oh, well, who is this person? I can't wait to judge them. Like that's, that's not at all. You're just like, please, maybe you're the one. Make my you know? job like, easier. It, I want you Just sell me, just tell me, yes. sell me and tell yes, me. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah, you, you, and that's, that is what you're doing. You're educating that person. 
that you're interviewing with on, you know, how you can make their job easier, how you can make their life easier, how you can help, you know, further the goals of their team and their company and, you know, make them look awesome. And I, I just, I, you know, really wanted like every time I would go into that interview, it's like, Oh, is this the one? I hope this is the one, you know, and just like, people don't, I feel like they feel like, oh, there's so much ego in that. And I, you know, I feel uncomfortable talking about myself in that way and telling someone like, I'm really good at something. But if that, if you being good at something is going to help them, they want to know. Yes. <laughs> they want to know that you're good, you know? Yes. And uh, another uh, sales thing that came to mind is the idea of selling someone a good night's sleep. I think like, <laughs> what do we all want? We want our jobs to be made a little bit easier. We want some of the the kind of uncertainty be, uncertainty to be removed. We want to enjoy what we're doing. We want to uh, help others and, and find value in what we're doing. And I think a big yeah. part of that is is selling someone a good night's sleep through the through what you can bring creatively. Yes. Oh my it's peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And and you know, if you think about it that way, that that removes the idea of like you just like strong arming them into, you know, making a decision that they're really not into and they don't they don't know if they want to hire you or or you know have you on this project or they're that's not what you're doing. You're you're selling them the peace of mind that you're gonna do the work that they need you to do and you're gonna be amazing at it. And it's going to be a good experience for both parties. And that's really what you want to come away with, right? Like it, it needs to be a good experience for both parties, because if it isn't, it doesn't work. If it's broken for one, it's broken for both. So making sure that, you know, you're, you're just honest and authentic and, and open about, yeah, I'm, I'm really great. Like I've had a lot of UX experience or, you know, I've actually done illustrations for product packages. And so I'm happy to jump in on that. If you, you know, right. Like making sure you're drawing the, the, that connection for people and showing them, oh, you know, you need this, I can do that. And just providing that education. I mean, that's a really great way of saying it. I think education feels a little softer and more comfortable and more, you know, it's, it's for the person, not the, it's for the, it's not the educator. It's, you know, the person being educated. And so that makes it feel less like I'm trying to like, you know, convince you of something that it's actually is not true. Right. And it's not about this being all about for me, it's really what can I bring to you? It's that that kind of swap or reframing or looking at it a different way. Yeah. Audience first. I mean, we do it with our design work. Right. You know, right. You always think about the audience. Who is this for? How is this going to work? What do they need to see? What do they, what do they need to take away? What's the call to action? What do we, what do we want to present? What do they, what do we want them to think about the brand? All of that. And we're so good at that with the work, but we're not good at that with ourselves. And so I think if we just think about it that way, it's going to be easy because it is, it's easy for us to do that when we're creating, you know, to really dig into that. But then when we, when it were the product, it's like we sort of freeze up deer in headlights. What advice do you have for kind of new graduates or soon to be graduating students about developing their resumes uh, and or portfolios and or presence in the world, whether that be through social media or otherwise, if they're looking to get into creative fields? Any kind of big picture advice you can give? Oh, yeah. Well, so... I'm, I, I work on this. This is one of the services that I offer, but um, I offer something called story strategy. And that is really getting down to like 
the nitty gritty of who you are and why you are interesting and different than the person next to you with the exact same skills and experience that you have. And I think people just graduating, um, you know, I graduated shortly after the September 11th terrorist attacks in New York, and it was a terrible time to graduate um, from college because the economy was all over the place. It was, it was, you know, um, there were wars starting, there was, you know, this, this recession, um, oil prices were up. It was very similar to now, right? There's a lot of similarities to the uncertainty of, of what's going on now. But what, you know, what I recognized was what people were interested in with me was my story, my personal story, because I was one of X number of graduates getting out of school with no experience other than a few, you know, miscellaneous freelance projects that I could kind of put in my portfolio in addition to my creative work that I had done in college and, you know, a resume that was very thin and didn't really have, I had no professional design experience that was full-time and I was looking for a full-time role. And so really going in and at first I started to, talk about, oh, here's my work. And, you know, I really wanted to focus on the work. And then after having multiple conversations with different creative directors, different art directors, I recognize actually they want to know who I am. They want to know me, how I think they don't really, you know, I can talk to them all day about this, you know, campaign I developed, right. Or this logo that I did or this brand identity, but the next person that's coming in after you is going to talk to them about the same thing. And what is going to make them remember you is your personal story. So really kind of doubling down on that, especially when you are someone without experience, that's going to help you stand out. So thinking about ways you can weave that into, you know, some type of self-promotion that gets someone's attention um, where, you know, it makes you, it makes you different than the competition. It makes you interesting. It gives you depth and, you know, creative, um, directors, creative art directors, anyone managing a designer, a creative person, they want to know how that person thinks they don't, they, they want that person to be technically proficient and skilled, obviously, but you can learn tools and you can learn different, you know, way processes and ways of working, but, you can't learn to creatively think if it's not just sort of inherent. So really showcasing that, how you think, why you're doing what you're doing, you know, why it's exciting to you, what your personal history is, if that's relevant, um, you know, something that sets you apart. If there's some other creative outlet that you have that is not, you know, design, if you do something, if you do needlepoint, if you, you know, it, make surfboards. Like, I don't know, you know, anything that feels like, oh, okay, this is a creative person that does this. Or, you know, I have, I know people who are, um, they're tattoo artists, they're designers and tattoo artists. And it's like, okay, they're professional designers, but they also, this is kind of a side hustle, you know, this is what else they do. And, and it just gives that, that depth and dimension so that the people you're talking to remember you. And it's not like, oh, that person with the portfolio, with the brand work because <laughs> there's thousands of those, right? But it's like, oh, that person with the portfolio with the great brand work, but also they do this, this, and this, and you know they had this experience and right, you're remembering the story. And that is so critical in setting yourself apart and being able to use that in some type of self-promotion, whether it's on your website, you know, it, it's, that was what I actually developed after college. And, you know, I developed this self-promotional strategy. I gave myself a deadline and I wanted to get a job, even though it was, um, it was a recession. And I thought, I'm not, 
going to sit around and wait for a job to call me. Like I'm going to hit the pavement. I did a lot of cold calling. I sent self-promotional packages to all the top agencies in the city. And I asked, called them a week later and asked if we could just talk about my work and I could get feedback. And it was great. And that's when I learned, oh, people want to know my story. They don't want to just see my work. And so, you know, having that experience, I recognize, okay, so I'm going to tailor like my self-promotional package. It's all going to be wrapped into the story. And then I, you show up as like a, a presentation, right? You show up as a visual, verbal, digital presentation. And it's, it just seems, you know, it appears that you've put that thought into it. And that's what creative managers, hiring managers, art directors, creative directors, marketing managers, anyone, that's what they want to know. They want to know that you can think through something and you pay attention to detail and you understand how to represent it in different ways, right? They want to know your thinking. So the story really does help you stand um, apart from other people with your same skills and experience or lack of experience. I think it shows that you're human and people whether good or bad, I guess you, there's probably an opinion to be had here, but people hire people they like. People hire people totally. that they can that they can converse with, that they can yeah. feel like it's it is someone who kind of jives with the organizational culture, but also just someone that seems like an authentic human who gives a damn. Yeah. That's- and vulnerability, right? That's a big piece to being vulnerable. People feel like they can't be vulnerable. They're like, no, I have to be perfect and it has to be perfect. And I can't tell you any mistakes I've ever made in my life. And people want to know. Hire the right. artificial intelligence, buy the software right. if you want someone right. to be perfect and execute the job efficiently and whatever the whatever else happens in, in the world of AI. But I think there's so much value and richness to be had in the humanity of creative work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's what it is, right? Like that's creative is you're tapping into someone's emotions through visual, through verbal sight, sound and motion, right? You're, you're tapping into a feeling of your audience and doing that for yourself. It's the same exact thing, right? You're, if you're telling a story that's, you know, is going to kind of really resonate with this person that you're speaking to because it reflects something in their history. I mean, doing the research on your audience before an interview is so critical. Just knowing where that person is today, where they came from, what their experiences were, you know, anything you, you can find out so that you can kind of round out that conversation. It does help with kind of the richness of that storytelling because you are, you're connecting with someone's emotions and, and that's, that is what makes people remember, right? Like we all love the commercials that are hilarious and make us laugh. And we all, you know, remember the ones that are so sad where you're like, why am I crying about tires? Oh my God. You know? (laughs) So it's, it's just using those principles for yourself. Absolutely. And Thank you so much, Jamie, for uh, for being here today and for giving us such, I think, really great, actionable advice. Uh, and and I think, well, I know that there will be a few soon-to-be graduates and maybe recent graduates who are listening to this, and I really encourage them to take what you've said and run with it. I mean, find those ways to differentiate through your story and uh, discover 
ways that you can sell yourself that feel authentic and know that uh, imposter syndrome is felt by everybody. There's there's so much, I think, value to be had in really taking a deep dive into these big emotions in creative living and knowing that we're not alone and knowing that that for people who are creative, who feel compelled to produce work and put it out into the world, it's such a gift to be able to do it on a professional level. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And this, this was great. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun to be here and to talk with you about this. It's so exciting. It's just something I'm so passionate about making sure everyone has a voice and can find their place in the creative landscape. Yay. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks so much. Bye.